Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. And I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. So Jess and I are actually together today for the first time in what feels like years. I know. It's crazy. We were talking about our different mics that we've gone through and that we haven't been able to sell that we've just wasted so much money on over the years. It's so crazy how we used to do everything in person, like every single interview, which was cool to like get to actually meet people in person. It was really cool. It was really fun. I missed that part of it, but it's also a little bit more efficient to to do it from home. Oh my God. Yeah. It was absurd. Like this is, it was 2019 we started it. So it was right before the pandemic. We did get a good chunk of guests in, but at the time I was living in Santa Monica, you were in Culver. So like sometimes I could jet to your place in 20 minutes, but depending on traffic, sometimes it'd be 45 minutes to an hour. Then we like Mm -hmm. are prepping for it. We're interviewing them. And then oftentimes people would stay because it's like you don't want to kick them out right away. Yeah, Yeah, you're like bonding, you know? Mm -hmm. And then... And then it would just be, oh my God, my entire day is gone. And when trying to build a business and like, I love doing this and I never wanted to not prioritize it, but it's also, it can't be the top priority. Well, and my studio or like my office was like a podcast studio. So we had these clamps on the table and like all this equipment. We destroyed that room. it was just like a lot. And then like we were trying to put blankets on the ground for sound protection. It was crazy. So. Oh my gosh. So much trial and error. And even right now, we hope what we're doing is going to work out because we are using this program Riverside, which our sound, we'll call him our sound producer, uh, suggested to us because for so long we've been using Zoom, which he's like, I hate that. It's the worst. And also you, you guys might've noticed or maybe not, but when you have two guests on, if there's three or more people or four people, if you talk over each other, you literally can't hear what anyone said. Yeah. So I find myself a lot of times, even when it's the two of us with someone on Zoom, I'll kind of like just be quiet because I don't, if I speak, then you can't hear them either, you know? So it's mm-hmm. this sort of dance. So anyway, he suggested this program we're trying today. So I really hope that it improves things. We're always trying to improve. Yeah, let us know if you notice a difference because you're the one listening every yeah. week. We try not to like hear ourselves too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the beginning, I remember listening back to every episode now not so much no I can't do it it can put you in a bad mood I can't hear myself over and over again if I'm in a mood where I'm not having a confident day then whatever I hear myself saying just brings me into a deeper hole you know Mm -hmm. it's like you're you could have said this better you could have said that differently I also think it's helpful to hear the words that you use too much and the the phrases that you say that's helped me be more aware yes but then at the same time I'm so aware that sometimes it doesn't allow me to have like that authentic free-flowing thought process because I'm like oh don't say that again don't say it or make sure you don't say that so it's like you don't want to over listen and over analyze yourself because then you get nervous and I don't yeah I feel like at this point we've been doing it for long enough 
that I don't feel nervous in interviews, but I do when I overanalyze myself too much. Yeah, I agree. But I do think it's growth, you know, just trying to get better. And that's part of it. I I do notice when I've looked at reviews for other people's podcasts here and there, people do pick up on those things. Oh, for sure. you know, it can be annoying to listen to a podcast and people are saying like every other word or... It's distracting. Saying the same things always. So we are trying to grow and improve. And, you know, you may have noticed some of our episodes have not been every other week on the dot. We've had so much going on in our lives. Jess has been, gosh, I feel like the last couple of years have been really Intense. hard. And well, especially this last year. Yeah, just a lot. You know, we've touched on it in different episodes, but from her headache healing, migraine healing journey, which listen to our last episode if you want to learn more about that, to some personal things, you know, something that happened with her husband. And now she just launched this amazing coaching program platform, uh, one-on-one coaching with, she now has over almost 40 clients, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, in a one-on-one coaching is not as is not possible at well, all. Well, on like phone call coaching, phone this calls, is online yeah. private coaching. So everything is through a custom app. So when you sign up, you get a custom meal plan. You get um, hormone supportive workouts. You get um, lessons for me, like education around hormones and mindset. And then you get one-on-one chatting with me, unlimited messaging. So it's text messaging, voice noting, or video chats, and it's all through the app, which is really, really cool. But that allows me to provide way more support than I could if we just did phone calls every other week, which is typically how I've been coaching clients. And I still do that, but this is going to be the primary way that I coach. And it's just so much more support. It's so much more customized, so much more hands-on so, so exciting. And, um, but yeah, also people in that they, you do, if anyone's interested in working with Jess, which as her sister, I'm going to get this for free, but she's been so busy that I know I'll wait until she's less busy to set my program up. But like, I really want those meal plans and those Mm -hmm. workouts and all of the whole platform. She's, um, using a platform that's been built, built out already that other coaches and like fitness instructors and stuff use, but she's using it in a way that's I don't think it's been done yet for like a hormone health Mm -hmm. sort of approach. Um, But anyway, if you want to work with her, that first call, you do have a call, a discovery call. Mm -hmm. And that's when she'll really learn about your your likes, your dislikes, what your goals are. And that's how she customizes your plan to then last month to month. So yeah, if you want to do that, it's bodyblessedbyjess.net bodyblissbyjess.net but that's the big Jess is an amazing go-getter I mean you had that idea she and I had this idea before Christmas we were talking about she's like oh my god why don't I, why don't I do use that platform? She had seen it from someone else. Why don't I do that for my coaching? And she had a big podcast coming out. Uh, she was a guest on the lady gang podcast. It was a two part that they had coming Mm -hmm. out right around new year's day. And she's like, I'm going to launch this just in time for that podcast to come out so that when it comes out, I have something really scalable that I can, you know, offer. I can take on a lot more people than if they just book one-on-one calls with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that follow-up element that's so amazing. And so she got all of this together and she hasn't really had much time off and yeah. I'm she's so pretty run down today. So I'm very run down, but I'm here and I'm also really excited because Ryan and I, after this, we're going to get happy hour and then we're going to grease the play and ooh, ooh. Ryan and I have seen how many of the play Greece? Oh have we man, seen? probably like ten. We've seen Greece in so many different variations. Like <laughs> even when we lived in 
Idaho in this like little town, we found a playhouse that had grease. Like we're that obsessed. And we've probably seen the movie like a hundred times. Oh my God. It was our favorite movie growing up. I recently made Thomas watch. It's hilarious because Thomas and I have dressed up as like Danny and Sandy a couple times because it's the easiest Halloween costume ever, but he's never seen the movie. And so this year, a few months ago, I was like, okay. And he, oh, and his team at work dressed up again as, um, the, the um, pink ladies and why yeah, so am I blanking on the gang? The oh my god, I'm so embarrassed uh, as a super fan. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so he was dressing up as it. So I was like, we have to watch it. And rewatching it, I'm like, how did our parents? Oh my god, it's allow so, us? It's so inappropriate. It's but like, so inappropriate. Like their parents are so like they don't like they're innocent kind. Of, I mean, they're not, very but like, rude. They're with naive stuff. with that kind of stuff. But like, were they not listening? Because I did not understand that the song yeah. that's like. A chick's a cream, a yeah. grease of lightning. I thought it was like cream, like a yogurt will, or the something. Will cream. The, yeah, the chicks will cream and like scenes where like very not me too friendly. Though. Oh, and the scene at the drive-in movie theater where she's just like really not wanting to get it at all with him, and he's kind of like pushing her, pressuring towards it, her, pressuring her. Yeah, but it is still, despite all of that, like it is still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, no, there's definitely unacceptable things. Like we're feminists, and yeah. I'm not cool with all of those things, but it's hilarious just how unaware I was every single time I watched it growing up. But I mean, same goes for so many movies of older times where it's just like times have changed so freaking much, but love the songs. We will forever sing those songs. I'm so bad at lyrics, like remembering <laughs> lyrics, but I but can we remember, remember the lyrics of Greece. <laughs> yep. Yep. So anywho, we are so excited. We haven't been able to hang out at all in forever. We have so much life to catch up on outside yes. of this. So it's kind of funny. Jess just came over. We haven't caught up at all, but we're going to get into this podcast so that we can go then have fun and catch up. But this is fun That's too, fun. actually, because we're so, I mean, we always love podcasting, but this episode is fun because, um, we hope it's something that you guys will really take away some value because it's all about habits and we're going to zero in on health habits. And I feel like now more than any other time in my life, I have made so many changes that are sticking with my daily routine. Um, and there's probably different reasons for that. I feel like I have less stress in the business. I have better systems right now. I have better support so I can allow myself to kind of take a step back and better time manage and allow myself better habits. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not working so much. And so, I mean, I'm still, we're we're both always going to work a lot. That's going to be the hardest thing in terms of like hormone balance and health. I think that's always our biggest challenge. But that's where these habits, if you can, even during really busy seasons of your life, if you have non-negotiable habits and rituals that are built in, like I've been going like crazy. I've had one day off in 30, in like 40 days, which isn't okay. And that's not the goal. Like ever for it to continue like that. But when you launch a new program, sometimes it just has to be that way. Yeah. But I have these non-negotiables and these habits to where I haven't gotten sick. You know, I've stayed well and I've stayed fairly energized. I've still been getting my workouts in. Like I've still been able to show up for myself. I've been more tired than normal, but I do think that, yeah, what you were saying is like, yeah, there's going to be these crazy times, but if you can maintain these built-in rituals and habits, you're going to be able to at least stay well and be able to show up, bounce back, still be able to, you know, be in your business. Yeah. Um, Because the worst part is feeling run down, getting sick, not being repeatedly, you know, repeatedly getting sick. And then also just falling out of habits because you feel like, 
oh, it's a crazy time of year. I can't stick to X, Y, and Z, but then that ends up making you feel so much worse. And then it's a much steeper hill to climb once you try to get back on. And what we're talking about here are really like baby, baby daily habits. Like I don't really have a long morning routine don't have much of a long night routine. It's just little things that have made a huge improvement in how I feel. And I have had a really crazy start to this year. I've had two trips already. I was in Mexico for Thomas's brother's wedding. I was then like just last week in Whistler for a friend's ski trip that I wasn't going to go on, but some things in my life changed that I was like, I can't miss this. Um, and now Thomas and I are leaving in a few days actually for a trip to South Africa because another friend is getting married and we felt like when are we ever going to have an invite to South Africa? Such a cool His trip. His uh, wife is South African so we're really going to get like the true experience of all the things that the locals like to do and um, so it's just a but like never would I normally have wanted to plan to be out of the country three times in the space of basically a month but from each trip I've been able to really get right back into these into my routine using falling back on some of these habits. Um, and I really just feel great. I feel the best that I have, I think in a long time. That makes me so happy because this yeah. is the first time hearing that. And yeah. I was going to ask you just how you're handling all of it, because I feel like if this were to be, have happened last year, it would have been yeah. a much different. Last year I was, a, I had a lot of trips too. And you know, people probably see, I don't post that much on Instagram, but the only things I do post are trips and it just looks like all I'm doing is traveling, but there's so much work <laughs> yeah, around before and during every trip, you know, yeah. like I'm working double, triple overtime before a trip. And then often I'm, I'm still catching up on stuff during a trip. And then when I'm back, it's like, cause there's no one I have, my assistants are doing a great job. I now have better systems of like having things being done without me doing everything. And that's been the biggest change. And that was something that was really hard last year. I didn't have those good systems set up for some of the trips I was doing. So it was just, yeah, I worked myself into a straight state of high stress where once I got on the trip, I was experiencing, like, I could tell my adrenals were shot. I was exhausted. I was low energy. I was having really bad, like, what happens for me, I start getting like yeast infections or, or like eczema. It's kind of like a mix. It's kind of a combined thing, which sorry if that's gross, but and also that's just something like that women acid reflux, right? acid reflux. Like that's something that a lot of women get and you don't always recognize that it's a stress thing. But anyway, those are the things that pop up for me and it tells me like, Ryan, you're just, you've let it be too much again, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I'm happy that I'm not allowing that though, that level of stress be hit, you know? Um, but I'm still, yeah. Anyway, I should just well, get let's into get into because yeah. now I'm really curious what you're doing to have. This, <laughs> you guys are gonna be like, it's not uh, that great. Because I, I even just see a shift in you, just like the way you speak, and like you just seem happier, and yeah. you seem more yourself. Yeah. And what's crazy, I know she won't care if I tell you this, but Candace and I met up for croissants. Uh, the other morning Mm -hmm. and she was like, how's your sister doing? Cause I know she was like really stressed with everything last year. And I was like, she's doing so much better. And she was like, I, um, I don't know when she saw you, maybe it was like, I don't remember what it was from. If it was like reels that you've done or some way that she's seen you show up, but she's like, there's like a noticeable shift in your sister's like demeanor and like her smile and like (laughs) just how she comes across. Like she just seems way happier and more balanced. And I didn't even like, 
I didn't even bring anything up about it. Yeah. Like, Maybe it's because I'm not doing so many reels anymore. And yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> you're doing more of the social media, so I, I freaking I But I do see that in you. Like, I yeah. just feel like you're calmer, and you just seem happier, and it just seems like you're taking the stress that you do have in stride. Yeah, well, and that's a separate conversation, but a lot of a lot of the, my demeanor changing is my mindset changing around yeah. the business and things around what's in my control and what's not in my control and my future. And I think I've just taken some of the heavy pressure I put on myself and I've changed that and shifted that and told myself that, you know, if things didn't don't work out, there's other, op- like I have other options always, but also things are, really working out really well. So I'm feeling really excited now about continual progress. So those are some of the things, but I would say, um, a big shift for me in terms of habits was, um, honestly, it's been really helpful. Thomas doing things with me. I will say like us together sort of creating routines. I think that's a, a big thing in a relationship. It can, it can be hard when your partner is not not quite on the same page. Um, and Thomas got really into the Huberman podcast as Jess knows. He's yeah. like obsessed with Andrew Huberman of Huberman labs. I like him a lot too. He's Cause Thomas very... is like, I mean, he's obviously so smart, but I haven't really listened to his episodes to be honest. It's very science heavy. Not exactly like I think what I would want to listen to all the time. Um, but I hear the recap from Thomas, uh, and you know, some of the habits that he was talking about, Thomas was, you know, like, let's try this. And so one of the things was waiting to have coffee for a couple hours after waking. Now, obviously in our business, we understand the impact of coffee on your cortisol levels and that cortisol should naturally be at its highest first thing in the morning when you wake, um, higher, you know, in the afternoon, and then gradually your cortisol levels should drop towards evening and night to help you sleep, to help you calm down. Not everyone has that cortisol pattern. That's why they might have sleep problems, anxiety, trouble getting up in the morning. You know, if your cortisol levels aren't high in the morning and they're low, then you're not going to have that natural energy. So either way, having caffeine right away can either artificially spike levels that are already in a high range Mm -hmm. or in a healthy range. And then you've got that jittery anxiety, maybe heart palpitations, or they're low naturally. And the coffee is not doing anything to actually stimulate real energy. It's just putting additional strain on your adrenal glands. And so, um, but us having Thomas and I having that conversation around the timing of when I was drinking my coffee was really helpful to, to kind of just get me to like stick to making that change of actually waiting an hour and a half to two hours after waking. And the other thing for me was that I do have an acid, like a reflux thing that comes up along around stress, but also just a a gut issue that I've been dealing with lately. And I'm planning on working with a practitioner on soon. Um, but having coffee right away without food was just making it so much worse. It was just this, it was one of these things where I know that I shouldn't be doing it. I kept saying it too. And you're like, I know, but like, I need the coffee. I just, I was just so, I was, I was also going straight into my work every day. I was going straight into, I was waking up a little too late after eight and then I would just start working and I wouldn't allow myself any morning routine. And I think that's a big part of it is like, you have to think about, take stock of the stressors. Like you don't want to wake up first thing in the morning and add 
all the stress. Mm -hmm. And so if you wake up and you're having coffee, but then you're racing around trying to get your kids ready for school or you're like rye and like going straight to work. And then maybe on top of it, like I have a lot of clients who come to me initially, like I have to get up at 5am to get my workout in because that's the only time I'm going to get it in before kids. So like they're having coffee and then they're going doing a hit training session and then they're racing to work. And it's like, and then they're maybe skipping breakfast or grabbing something on the go. And so all of those things you have to think about, it's not just the coffee, but it's like the stress of the workout, the stress of the emotional stress, like the stress of not eating enough or eating foods that are balancing your blood sugar. So you're adding all of the stress and it's not like that just goes away. That compounds over time and then it manifests in all these symptoms Um, that oftentimes we think, oh, I need more coffee because I'm tired, but it's just putting a bandaid. Yeah. And I mean, I think for me again, it's like, I know, and you'll find this for a lot of people in health and wellness. Like if you were to not everybody fully, you know, you'll not always practicing what you preach. And again, like I'm not a health coach. I handle more of the business side. And so I feel like I can kind of sometimes just be like, get into my like regular routine and not feel like I need to, I don't know. I guess I just, I don't, I feel like you and mom do such a better job of really practicing what you preach. And I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just, I know a lot of these things because I've learned them and because we talk about it, but I don't always practice like the coffee thing or having enough time in the morning before I start working. And so with Thomas getting into the Andrew Huberman podcast and like having those same reminders about coffee and your cortisol levels and morning light and like him really wanting to do it, then having a buddy and someone to keep me accountable, then I'm really doing it. And that's really helped me establish and stick to. But I also think there was something about like coming to the end of the year, just knowing I wasn't feeling great about how I was handling my day, how I was structuring my day and, and a little bit of guilt around like, I'm in this business. I know all of these things and I don't have a great morning routine, you know, like I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know, and so those factors combined looking at a new year, I'm like, okay, I really want to just start making some shifts that last. And so it started with that, the coffee going outside and getting natural light in the morning. Oh, sorry. So instead of coffee now, we do herbal tea every morning. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice to start the morning because also now I have um, teas that have healing herbs like ginger, turmeric. He has a lavender. Um, I also have like peppermint and other things that are good for the gut um, and good for like my reflux issues. And so starting with herbal tea is just really nice. We'll take it outside when there's sun or even if there's clouds, but you know, you can just see a little bit of the, see a little bit of the sun and just be out there for five minutes. Generally 10 is a little too long. Cause I kind of, am like, I need to get Start moving. Um, I still probably sleep in a little too late. I sleep till eight, but I do, you know, I work later into the day. So it's just, mm-hmm. I've always, that's where I naturally my zone of like awakeness. And when I get tired, I just, I sort of go, I skew later, but it seems like you still get in like the eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Right? And like, you yeah. kind of go to the bed, bed at the same time and get up yeah. at the same time and then you're getting the morning light. So you're helping set your circadian rhythm. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. I would love to shift to be able to get up closer to seven thirty, just because I do think having those, that time in the morning where you're not getting a million emails absolutely is really helpful. And so that would be a big, big goal of mine. And I'd also love to get in some stretching and, um, even just like five, 10 minutes of Pilates. Our room has been freezing, but we did just start heating it in the morning so that I should be able to do that, just stretch a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But anyway, just to finish, and then I'll let you go. Um, 
started with pushing the coffee back. I never have coffee on an empty stomach anymore. I always have tea, lots of water, and then, and it's decaf tea. And then my breakfast, I've started, uh, tracking my foods. I'm not necessarily advocating this for everybody, but it works really well for me. And I started this literally on January 1st. I was like, I know, you know, I, I just feel changes in my body. I feel like, I'm kind of all over the place in terms of like not being super mindful of what ratio of protein to carbs to fat I was getting. And I just wanted to get a baseline of like, where are you? Like what the meal, I eat the same or similar foods a lot. So you don't have to track forever, but for me, just starting by tracking those foods that I regularly eat helps me understand, oh, this is how many calories I'm eating in a day Mm -hmm. or this is how much protein I'm actually getting. And Mm I, and I really have had a goal of getting more protein because I do a lot of heavy weightlifting strength training. And so, you know, having that more protein heavy, um, diet works really well for me. It's really great for your hormone health for me also for satiety, uh, for balanced blood sugar levels. And I also, you know, I, I eat a good amount of carbs, but so I've started tracking my foods through an app called Nutris. Wait, nutri- Nutrition IX. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's free. I heard of that one. It's free. It's awesome. Thomas found it. And um, so that in conjunction with actually tracking my progress and my workouts. So those two things I really started like January 1st and I've stuck with them. I learned, I'm so stupid, but I learned how to pin a note. And I didn't realize you could pin important notes in your, you know, the notes app. So now I've got like, cause before I would try to track my workouts and a note in my phone and then I would lose it and I'd be like, Oh my God, I don't even know where that is. And just whatever. So now it's a pin note at the top. So I have my push, my pull and my leg day workouts written out. And then every time I'm doing that circuit, I do, I do a push day, a pull day, a leg day, and then generally like a rest day. And then I repeat it. Um, you know, sprinkle in some walking, maybe add in a run during the week, but it's mostly that repetition of those three days. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a high intensity element to them. They generally take me like 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes you can do them shorter if you like today didn't have a lot of time. I cut out a couple of those sets. Um, but I'm tracking my progress and every week for the most part, I'm increasing either the weight or the number of reps Mm -hmm. and I just can see the progress. I'm feeling really happy about that. I know exactly where I'm at with my nutrition. I was definitely eating a ton more than I needed to. Um, and now I'm just realizing like, wow, I'm just mindful on the days I do a heavy lift. You know, I, I eat closer to like 2000 calories. Um, and then if I don't get any workout in, I might do a little bit less, but I was doing like way more than that without even realizing it. And I was kind of noticing I put on a little bit or I was just not feeling as toned. So this is just my way of getting back to a place where I feel in control. I'm focused on being strong, confident, managing my time better, um, being really intentional with everything. I was going to say my year, my word for this year would be not that anyone asked me, but I was going to tell you Jess that we should both share like a word for the year. And I was thinking for me, I think my word is like intention and just being intentional in everything that I do. I've just felt like these last few years of running this business, I've been all over the place. All I did was work. And like I had, oh, I've always had healthy habits and I've been able to manage, keep my hormones well balanced and all of that stuff minus the stress struggle. Um, but I just didn't have like a smart daily 
flow that benefited me. And so now I'm just intentional about all of these things and, you know, getting in more protein means, um, creative ways to find protein. If it's, you know, today before Jess came, I made a bone broth, uh, latte, which I know is popular on Instagram right now, but just put my protein powder in there, the bone broth, um, some flax milk from Malibu milk who we interviewed recently. Um, and it was delicious. And then we're going to go get happy hour. So it just holds me over really well. Um, and just having a higher ratio of protein and carbs in my meals. I was doing a lot, a lot of fat before, and I still get a good amount of fat in my diet, but I did not need to be doing as much as I was doing. Um, and you don't digest it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, you know, once you know where you're at, then it's like, Oh, I don't need like more snacks today. Like I was very much a snacky or a grazing person where Mm -hmm. I just grab a handful of nuts and now I'm like, Oh, I don't need that at all. Like I don't want to enter that. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, and and I'm not hungry. Like I don't, it's just a habit. So, um, and then last thing I'll say for health is just sleep. Thomas and I have been getting to bed a lot earlier. We just talked today that we're going to start doing an every other night, um, no TV night rule. So like like last night, he demanded that I stand or I, (laughs) he has like, he threw out his back. So like I should have been more willing to help, but he was like, please stand, like sit on my back, like with my knees so that it would help him. And then it turned into me giving him massage. And then we like read in bed and it was just so much more calming than just watching TV, getting, you know, laying in an uncomfortable position. And then like a lot of times what we watch on TV makes me upset or, you know, depending on what it is, like we were watching the Playboy documentary and it was quite disturbing oh. and I could not handle it. Sorry, on a side note, everyone should watch that. And I'm so mad that Hugh Hefner didn't get called out while he was still alive. Oh, I'm so mad. It just like we, pisses me off. We didn't finish it because I was crying every episode and like causing a scene. So Thomas oh. is like, I'm not sure that this is the best <laughs> show for us right now. Um, not causing a scene, but I was just really upset before bed and all of my dreams were about that. So now we're watching... Only murders in the building, which is also murder, but it's, it's not. A comedy. It's funny it's and it's light and it's like making fun of the like true crime podcast. So it's more kind of, but you know, whoever's watched it, you'll know. It's like yeah. it's light. It's nice before bed and or no TV. I'm finally reading before bed. What are you reading? Um, right now, a friend gave me Chelsea Handler's recent book, which was, it's just light and like, it's yeah, about I read her a life. Of her old books and they're pretty funny. Yeah. And then I also have Brené Brown's, um, The Gift of Imperfection that mom gave me. Ooh, and that I, I actually like that. have been taking a lot of really helpful lessons away from as well. And that could be a whole nother conversation. But I'll, um, but it's funny because a lot of times before bed, I'm kind of like nodding out or something. And it's, it's, it's kind of like the sort of reading you need to be focused because it's, it's, it's pretty detailed and some of it's hard to wrap your mind around. It's like an examination of shame and guilt and belonging and connection and, um, these concepts that are nuanced. So, oh, and I've learned a lot about myself too. She talks a lot about perfectionism and, um, that's the last thing I'll say. I feel like for so long I've been pretty down on myself. Like you need to stop being a perfectionist or blah, blah, blah. But I realized from her definition, I'm not really quite a perfectionist. It's more what she calls healthy striving where you just, you have your own standard for like what your best is. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone's a perfectionist in their own way, but there are certain things that I, I'm not doing it to be perceived as perfect by other people or to be liked. It's like, 
I'm just hard on myself because I have standards for quality of work or what we send to a client or, you know, and I think that's healthy and it's helped me to better understand myself and not be down on myself for that. And like, yes, I still need to, to know when to stop working on something. And I, but I think I do do a pretty good job. And so I think just the reading and the and slowing down and the rituals and these habits for myself are just making me feel so much better all, all the way around. Oh, I love that. And I, I really like what you said about the perfectionist thing. Cause I think sometimes too, like with anything that you want to change, you don't want to identify as that thing because the more that you say like, Oh, I'm an alcoholic or yeah. I'm, you know, an emotional eater or I'm a perfectionist. Like the more you're, you're training your brain to actually believe that. Yeah. And so it's not actually helpful to say like, I'm a, an emotional eater. I'm a perfect, like you actually, the more that you do that again, like you're training your brain to be that. So it's almost like helping you to understand who you are better and reframe it mm-hmm. and like play, play up to your strengths, but yeah. also like take, know yourself a little bit better. So then you can take steps that will ultimately help you be that better version of yourself, but yeah. not shaming you into wanting to change it. Because yeah. it's bad. Oh, I love that you said that because it's true. It's I've this is probably going to be a different podcast that we do, but I've been focusing more on time management, and I listened to an episode about people that are, have ADHD, and I kind of for a second was like, maybe that's what I have because mm-hmm. like, but because we're all distracted. Yeah, because I don't have Instagram on my phone because I can't. I can't look at it that many times in a day. I can't, I can't be that distracted. And then I was like, is that me? Am I the only one that like, I have to delete it because I I look at it too much. I think it's everybody, but it's like these little things of putting your phone in a drawer of like being more intentional with my time so that I'm allowing enough time to get something done so that I'm more structured. And then that helps me manage my perfectionist tendencies a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, sorry, that was really long. No, I, I, all of that was really awesome to hear and just helps me understand too, like where this fresh perspective is coming from. And it makes me feel excited and happy for you. Cause it just feels like the pieces are coming together and you're welcoming in more, um, abundance, which is my word for the year. Well, there you go. And you're learning to work with yourself instead of like yeah, blame yourself for things and you're just figuring out what works better for you. And a lot of it, like she said, it's just little tweaks. It's nothing major. And I think sometimes we feel like it has to be these big rocks, but a lot of times it's the small ones. And if we try to move these huge rocks, it can feel overwhelming and burdensome and we can dread it. And it's almost like when you listen to a podcast where someone is telling you that you need to meditate every single day for 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden that becomes like what you're striving for, but you haven't been doing even mindful breathing. And so all of a sudden it's like, you're going from zero to 60 or even like with, like with what I do with diets of like, Oh, I want to like change all of my eating habits overnight and start working out like four times a week when you haven't at all. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not going to really work right away. And then you're setting yourself up for, being mad at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for blame and shame and, oh, I just don't have enough willpower and all that stuff. When, if you can just take, which we talk about all the time, like little steps 
and move these little rocks, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be so much more likely to get to that 2.0 version of yourself faster. Yeah. um, Because you're not standing in your way. Definitely. But I loved all that, right? Um, Yeah, so my word for the year is abundance because I just want to have, I think, you know, we're talking about health here, but money mindset and money in general is a part of wellness. Yeah. And I think for a long time I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with money and just my mindset with it. And so this year I'm really trying to focus on like calling in, I guess you would say more abundance financially instead of like shying away from it or going into my head and saying like, Oh, like you don't deserve that. Or, you know, you're, you know, that's not going to be you. Like sometimes looking at people that, you know, are millionaires or multimillionaires. And I'm not saying that's what I need to be, but it's like, I almost don't even want to put myself in that place. Cause it's like, don't get excited. Like that's yeah. not going to be you. Like more you know, scarcity mindset, scarcity mindset. And some of it comes from like upbringing, but yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of reframing that again to no, you are worthy of abundance. Like you can actually make as much money as you want and you shouldn't feel shame for wanting to make money. Cause I also think in the industry that we're in of like wanting to help people be yes. well, like I never want it to come across like my clients are numbers and that I'm just yeah. like, Oh yeah. Like bring in the money. Cause that's not, we a- always want to undercharge. We always want to oh charge God, yeah. what people can afford, which is like, I think a good thing. And I'm so allergic to like raising prices. But at the end of the day, when you do have your business, you realize you literally have to charge more or else you're not making it at all. Well, and it's not just that, but it's like, do you want the run down ragged version of me (laughs) that's coaching you because I'm charging nothing for Mm -hmm. my coaching. And then I have to have like 50, 10 more clients to like even get by. And then it's like, I'm showing up and I'm just depleted and I can't listen to what you're saying. And I can't really be there to support you. Yeah. Like if I charge what I'm worth, if we charge what we're worth, then we're going to be, I'm going to be such a better coach for it. And ultimately my goal, our goal is to actually legitimately make a difference in people's lives and their health long-term. And you can't do that if you're not making enough money, if you're barely getting by, if you're stressed and you're anxious because you can't make enough money to survive. You might need to get a second job. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I am just, I've had this realization where like, no, it's actually like me being abundant and me making really good money is going to allow me to have more experiences, more travel, more things that make me feel alive and yeah. more security and that security and that those abundant experiences. Cause the word abundant is not just financially, but it's like, I want to have more experiences. I want to travel more. I want to laugh more. I want to have like an abundance and like connecting with people. I want to have an abundant relationship with my clients. I want to see abundant results in their lives. Like, yes, I just want abundance. Like I want to get stronger at the gym. I want to have like abundant strength, you know, and Mm -hmm. energy. Like as I'm approaching my forties, I'm in my, I'm 37, but like, I want to feel better every single fucking year. Like I don't want to, I don't want to think like, Oh, I'm aging and like, Oh, well, you know, I'm seeing all these 30 under thirties that made their millions. And like, you could go into that mindset of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I missed the boat or like, Oh, you know, just getting older, like you're just going to naturally like not look as good or feel as good. No, like I want to feel better every single year Yeah, and I want to have more abundance and more confidence and support more women. And I know that I can do that if I 
am charging what I'm worth and Mm -hmm. I'm also like making what I'm worth and also stepping into like, I am worth a lot, Yeah, you know, and owning that. Cause I think I've always been afraid of coming off egotistical. Like that's been a fear of mine. I don't think you could ever. I know, but I think that's partially why I'm not is because I've always had this fear of like, I don't ever want to come across egotistical or mm-hmm. like overconfident or cocky. Yeah. And women so, have to worry about that. Right. But it's like, we should be able to channel so a little more. bit more of that. And yeah. We should be able be to just confident. as much as men are. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Ask for what we're worth. Be confident, you know, know our shit. So, um, that plays into a lot of my habits. So one thing that I just did was sign up for, um, a one-on-one money course which Josh and I are actually doing together and that's great. Um, Wednesday mornings we put it in our calendar. So instead of getting up, we do like to get up and read and journal, but I'm, but now we have it in our calendar Wednesday mornings. We wake up and before the gym, we're going to do our money course or we'll just take that day off the gym. Um, and so we just started, uh, week one and I'm already excited about it. Like little habits that you can do. And I'll give you guys this tip because I think it's really helpful, but he said to print off your credit card statement. So however many credit cards you have, like once a month, print off the statement and go through and look at any reoccurring subscriptions that you have, whether Mm -hmm. it's an app or it's a gym membership, or it's like, like I get these eucalyptus leaves delivered once a month that I hang in my shower and like these, all these monthly reoccurring payments that you have and find money for yourself because yeah. there's probably a lot what of stuff you that you don't need yeah. that you're not even like on that app anymore or yeah. like to the eucalyptus leaf thing. Like I have three of them <laughs> right now <laughs> that are all going bad because yeah. like I didn't need it to come every single month. They last longer than a month. I have like a shampoo that pros, I have the pro subscription oh. and it comes like it was coming every month. So now I have like six things of shampoo and conditioner because I keep forgetting oh to gosh. cancel it. Yeah. And so I finally canceled it. But like yeah. stuff like that where when you get busy, you just kind of are like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll cancel yeah. it later. And then you're paying this money for something that you don't even need. And so yeah. he was saying how he's literally saved clients like thousands of dollars. And obviously that depends on how much money you have in the bank to begin with. but And how many subscriptions you have. And how many subscriptions you have. Like, not everybody has subscriptions. I don't usually go for subscriptions. But a lot of people do. Yeah. And especially now. But he was saying, like, just go through and see what you can, like, cancel. Or he said, a lot of times, like, if you have the finances up front, ask the company, like, if you can just pay annually and what they would charge you for that. Cause even if it's not advertised, oftentimes they'll come back and give you like 30% less than what you would pay if you paid monthly. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, that's a great way of saving money. Like anywhere that you can ask oh, yes. for that. So that's something that I'm going to commit to doing. Cause I do do subscriptions a lot. Um, and then there's other little habits around money that he had where I got excited about just like having more control over my finances. And I like the idea of like finding money. And again, it comes from a place of abundance versus like you need to go through and like cut, 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 cut. cut. Like you just need to find money. Yeah. Like, Ooh, like, like there's 10 bucks here and like 20 bucks here. Yeah. I reached out and I got a year long subscription. So I saved $300 for the year. Yeah. And that adds up. Like if you yeah. think about that, that could be, you investing in something that's actually going to ultimately get you closer to your goals. Like maybe you want to work with a health coach like me and you decide to put that subscription that you were paying for something that you didn't even need towards like working with a health coach. That's actually going to help you get closer to change your life yeah, yeah. where you want to be. So yeah, that's a big thing for me. Um, also 
Oh, one thing that I've been doing for a while now, but I think it's helpful for other people to hear is carbohydrates always at dinner. And I used to do a lot of like cauliflower rice instead of like mm. regular rice mm-hmm. or like low carb dinners. Cause I thought like, Oh, I don't want to stuff myself before bed. Um, but carbohydrates, especially like nutrient rich carbohydrates, when you pair it with proteins and fats and fiber at night, that actually helps you produce more serotonin, the feel good hormone. And then serotonin is the precursor to melatonin. So it then helps you produce more melatonin and yeah. helps you sleep deeper. So I notice that I sleep so much deeper now. And I don't know if that's why, but like it really, I mean, scientifically, um, it makes a big difference. And so instead of shying away from carbs, I think at night, at least is a really good, even if you go low carb in the day, like you're actually better to have the carbs at night. And if you pair them well, then you're still going to balance your blood sugar levels. So, yeah, I found a woman named glucose goddess, I think is her tag. You guys might know her, but she shows the difference between eating, for example, just bread and what it does to your glucose levels versus bread with fat or eggs or, you know, like a more balanced Mm -hmm. and how the difference in the spike is so significant. And so it's just something to remember. It's not, you know, it's not that you can't have these foods, but you know, she even says like dessert, for example, is always better or after dinner because you now have this base in you instead of just like in the middle of the day when you haven't eaten, suddenly that's a huge blood sugar spike. So just being so much more mindful of the timing. And yeah, I just wanted to interject real quick and say we've been doing like Thomas has also been really twinning on our habit changes, but he's also been tracking his foods. Um, For him, it's funny because he actually gets way more food than he was eating before. You know, he's like, oh, dang, I have way more calories left. In the day. Whereas for me, I'm like, oh, I have, it's more of a creative endeavor to like, yeah. you know, I'm not just like snacky. Like I'm, yeah, I'm trying to fit within a certain amount, even though it's still, I think a, a good place to be. It's still, I have, I, I eat a lot. I eat You're in big good, meals. And that's the thing I think with tracking is like, if you can do it in a way that's abundant and you're not tracking because you're like, oh, I'm trying to eat like 1,400 calories. No. Like, no, you're trying to get enough protein, enough fat, enough carbs yeah. to like fuel your workouts, help you sleep deeper, feel better, tone yeah. up. Like, it's from a healthy place. It it's, needs to be a healthy why. Yeah, it's looking really at the ratio and understanding why do I need more protein or why am I, yeah, how, how are these things helping how I feel? And it's making a huge difference, but even within this tracking, we've been having a lot of pasta dinners and it's been fun for Thomas always cooks for us. I don't cook, which is terrible, but he's amazing and everything is delicious. And he's had this challenge now of like fitting within what I can have for dinner and not just before it was like a free for all, you know, just adding whatever. And now it's like, we're having these delicious pasta dinners, you know, organic, wheat pasta, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, just mindful ingredients, but it's delicious and it's still a lot of food and I'm hitting my goals and it's just, I'm not losing anything. I'm not restricting. I'm not Mm -hmm. missing out. Like I feel, I feel proud of myself, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm hitting my workout goals. I'm progressing there at the rate that I can, you know, there are weeks when I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm choosing times to work out that I'm actually energized and I'm, you know, keeping track of what I'm eating and I'm still eating. I'm actually eating better meals because I'm eating more, like I'm, like I said, more mindfully. So anyway, to interject on what you were talking about with the carbs at night, but yeah. yeah. Well, I've also been tracking, which like I'm also proud of myself for, because I used to track from 
a very obsessive place where yeah. it was like, I was just not saying, helpful. I was trying to hit like, and never, no, don't do not do this if you're listening. But like, <laughs> there was a point where I tried to hit 1200 calories when I was dieting and I was also trying to work out an hour a day. And Josh, we were living in Korea at the time and he was like, you are not eating enough food. But like, I would almost try to hide it from him by like carb loading at night. And like, that was in a very unhealthy way. Cause I was like, I just want him to think I'm eating healthy, like normal sized mm. dinners. So then breakfast and lunch were like nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like stuffing myself before bed. And that's not, that's not great either. And I know a lot of people that do that too. They're like, I want to eat like a normal meal with my family. So I'm going to save like 800 calories for dinner and then eat like 400 calories in the first part of the day. And so I used to do that where it was like I was tracking every bite, look, and taste of food, like even like spinach because I didn't want to go over. And so now I'm tracking because I want to hit a protein goal, which is like 100 to 130 grams a day minimum. Kind of depends on like what workouts I'm doing that day. But then I'm also trying to hit um, a certain number of like a, a, a range of calories but it's interesting because it's the first time ever where I'm actually trying to eat more mm-hmm. because I'm trying to build more muscle. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to come at it from a different perspective of like, whoa, I'm tracking so that I'm making sure I'm eating enough, not to make sure that I'm restricting myself. But again, it is interesting because I think of myself as someone who eats a lot of protein. But when you track it, if you're not intentional about it, most women that I work with are unintentionally under eating protein. And when I yeah. go through their day, they're like, oh, I eat a lot of protein. And we add it up and it's like 60 grams. For the whole day. For the whole day. Yeah. Which is like, no wonder you're hungry. And, you know, when you are when you are trying to lose weight, even if you are eating in a deficit to try to lose weight, if you're losing weight and you're not eating enough protein, you lose fat and you lose muscle. And that downregulates your thyroid and it slows down your metabolism. So, you know, it's just... I think if you can do, if you can track in some way from a really healthy mindset Mm -hmm. of like from abundance and from curiosity and from educating yourself and checking in with yourself with what feels good and what doesn't, it actually can make you feel so much better, more energized, more in control, less food focused. It's the way that you go about it. And that's like really what I try to work on my clients with is like, it's how you do it. It's not, and it's why you do it. Yeah. There's... You know, I think we like to put blanket terms on things, especially in like diet culture of like, oh, all carbs are bad or like, oh, all tracking is bad. Like, yeah. And I've gotten into those phases too, where I'm like, no, calorie counting is terrible. Like tracking is bad because I had a terrible mindset with it. Yeah. But when you learn, oh, there's like a middle ground for all this stuff and there's a way to do it that's actually healthy and like for your mind and your body, Mm -hmm. you know you're going to have a skill too that you can use for the rest of your life. So I actually find, yeah, I find like, it's kind of a fun, I've already said this, but it's like a challenge and it's like a fun thing to fill my day. But I was Mm -hmm. just going to say, I'm not planning on tracking forever at all. Like we do, we just got a new scale. And so I do weigh and measure things and I do know for what I'm preparing, I'm tracking, but I've been on 
two trips out of the country recently. I do not track while I'm gone. I very much live it up, enjoy myself while I'm there. But what I'm loving about this habit is that when I'm back, literally day one that I'm back, I'm back at it. Like I'm back eating my meals that I know are balanced. I Maybe I don't track the first day if I'm tired and I'm like, I need a day. But yeah. then the second day I'm back at it and I'm tracking and I'm, you know, I was completely way over my normal diet when I'm on vacation. I'm, I'm often drinking. I'm often eating think it's bigger meals. To track when you're on vacation. No, I don't think that's the type of, I'm just not that type of person. Yeah. Like I want to enjoy my life. And then when I get back though, having this habit has been able, has helped me just bounce back and help me be like, okay, I'm in control. Instead of before we would go on trips and I'd come back and I'd be like, like so anxious and be like, oh my God, well, like I overdid it or I did this, I did that. And it's like, now, no, you did it. It was a choice. You did it. You lived it up. You had fun. And now you're home and now you're back to your yeah, you can back on it. And you know that you have a tool that's going to help yeah. you get back in, in on track. And yeah. that's the thing is like, I also think it's helpful to have, if you do track, a non-tracking day every week. Mm-hmm. Like a day where oh, you Oh yeah, like, I have at least one or at two. At least one or two where you're just like, I'm going to just eat intuitively and just like go based off what I'm feeling. Because if you track five days a week, like you can have a couple intuitive days and like yeah. be under your protein. or And you also start to intuitively know what works better for you. Like yeah. when Ryan and I went home for the holidays, there was a day where like... We basically had vegetarian meals all day for some reason, not on purpose, but I felt so lethargic, starving, starving. I was eating, I probably <laughs> ate like three, 3,500 calories that day because I could not get full, but yeah. it was like, I'm not, I'm not even satisfied. I'm so hungry. And There's I was no like, protein. not energized. I felt horrible. I was actually kind of nauseous too. Yeah, I know. We're so dramatic yeah. when we're like out of our, we are. But then the next day we had protein and I like immediately felt better. And some people, you know, feel so much better on a, on a different kind of way of eating, but we will say we are team protein because we know of how important it is for your hormone health, for, you know, not losing lean muscle, for burning fat, for the liver, building, building muscle. Um, yeah, liver, gut, all of these things. Do you have yeah. any tips for people for how to figure out? I mean, I know that's what you do in your program. You help yeah. people figure out their macros if they want to yeah. to be doing that. And and more than that, your recipes and your meal plans, once she figures out what their macros are, what range they want to be in, then the meal plans automatically update to fit within that for their day. Exactly. So like, if you're someone who does come from like having a more of an unhealthy relationship with tracking anything and you want to just start with a meal plan that's customized to macros, which by the way, I'm never going to put a woman in like a crazy, like low calories and you're never going to be like keto with me unless like you, unless there's like a health condition where you need to be, but like it's balanced. There's going to be carbs. In fact, I have quite a few clients right now who are like, oh my gosh, are you sure it's okay that I'm eating these carbs because they're used to restricting them, but they're like, I feel like so much more satisfied, but like, is it okay? Life is better. Yes, because we've balanced out your protein and your fats and your carbs, but like we're figuring out as you go, like the macronutrient balance that works best for you. So like I'm setting a goal for you on the back end. And if you want to just eat the meal plan, like you could choose one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner, one snack, for example. And if you just ate the meals, you would hit your macronutrients without having to track anything. Which is a great, um, that's the other flip side of tracking is like, now I know what meals, like once I stop tracking, which I'll probably do in a month or so. Yeah. Um, now I know how to make my meals. I don't need to track anymore. That's the thing is like you learn and then you understand, like I realize now, whoa, like 
what I thought was four ounces of protein was like not four ounces of protein, you know? And so you like, you're eyeballing stuff, but like you really don't know what it is. And so it gives you the skills to learn like, what is a portion size of pasta or what is a portion? Like even like two ounces of pasta is like a pretty decent amount, but like I've found for me to be satisfied, I need like four ounces of Mm -hmm. cooked pasta or like at least three or not cooked two ounces Three to four ounces raw, which makes, like, up to ten ounces or something of pasta. Anyway, but, like, you learn what a serving actually is, and then after you've been doing it for a while, you can more eyeball it. You can know, like, oh, okay, and then you also learn how to balance things better. Like, oh, I have this much pasta, so then I need this much protein, and I'm going to need to complement it with a fat, and it just becomes so much easier, and you feel so much more confident in the kitchen. You also have that biofeedback from your body of like, oh, I felt so much more energized. I wasn't thinking about food. My workouts were better. I was recovering faster. We get so used to looking at the number on the scale and the number in the calorie tracker that we forget to actually tune in with what feels good with our body. So it needs to be like that you're track if you're tracking it you can't just be focusing on the number you have to also mm-hmm. be focusing on how you feel yeah um, and real quick cuz we got to go um yeah. what any tips for people to know the right sort of macro breakdown for them yeah um i would say you want to start with a minimum of like and this is the bare minimum 0.6 grams of protein per pound of body weight up to one pound per pound of body weight. And that's going to change based on your age, how active you are. Ryan and I both do heavy weightlifting. So I'm aiming for one mm-hmm. pound per pound yeah. of body weight every day. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Sometimes it's a little bit less, but you don't want to just go zero to 60. Like if you have, if you've been, what I would say is start tracking your protein. If you can at least start tracking yes, your protein with and that. see where you are and then try to get, if you're way beneath 0.6 per pound, that you weigh, then try to get up to the 0.6 and then gradually increase it until you're maybe at like 0.7, 0.8. And then if you are like heavy strength training or you're very active, play around with increasing it gradually and just see how you feel. Um, cause some people don't need the one gram per pound of body weight. So I would start with protein. I would set like, I mean, the calorie goal is going to vary based on again how active you are your height your weight so it really does need to be customized for you by someone and this isn't me just trying to get you to work with me it's literally like I would feel irresponsible telling you what to do yeah shouldn't be saying like a number for that yeah Yeah. but then like carbs and fat are more individualized for people like some people don't digest fats as well some people do better with carbs Um, other people feel a little bit more tired if they have too many carbs throughout the day so I think carbs and fat is something they can you kind of want to let them intuitively fall where they go and just see how you feel and just kind of tweak it as you go I love that because that's what I've been doing actually I haven't been focused as much on the carb fat it's more on am I getting enough like around the one I've been getting more than that actually for protein per pound. Um, and then, and then I, because I've noticed carbs do better for me in terms of I'm more full versus when I eat a high amount of fat and it's a high amount of calories. It's like, I'd rather just get more of my calories from carbs. They fill Mm. me up better. And I'm always getting fat within every single meal. Like I I don't even really know how to build a meal without fat because it makes it so much better. So much tastier. I love ghee butter and avocado and, you know, seeds and things like that. So, um, but I think that's a great 
piece of advice to focus on the protein first. And then, um, really just, even if you don't have a goal, just maybe writing down your foods or using an app like nutrient nutrition, IX, um, to just know where you're landing in each day. I think it's just, you, you need to know where you are. You have to have a baseline. You have if to you know have what goal, you're yeah. currently doing. Yeah. If you have certain aesthetic, but even hormone health goals, yeah, you want to know where you are and then you want to make adjustments based on that. And I mean, again, like with fats, fats also are much more calorie dense for the amount that you get. Yes, like exactly. hundred calories of olive oil is one tablespoon. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a hundred calories of popcorn, I mean, bad example, but like yeah. you get a lot more. Yeah. So there is something to that too of like, if you like more volume food, cause yes. that keeps you fuller for longer than like I'm you might want to do. Yell. And I am too. You might yeah. want to do more carbs than fat, but like you want to get enough fat that you're fueling your hormones and your brain yeah. function. So you don't want to go low fat, which some people do like super high carb, super high protein, low, low fat. And that's also not great. But I think with carbs and fat, just allow it to be more intuitive. Yeah. I like that. Well, I, we got to go cause I have to get dressed yeah. before we go, but oh, you shit. share the rest of your habits. Oh, okay. If you can wrap it up in a well, we literally are ten minutes over what we wanted, so I'm just gonna wrap it up right now. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, and I know Ryan, you've been doing this too, but I've been doing progressive overload style training for Mm -hmm. the last six months. Um, But more seriously, like the past couple months because my life was insane last year yeah. and I like hired a trainer but then it was like I had so many things happen that yeah. I just could not get in a good routine so I'm yeah. fine I feel like like this year is when I'm actually finally gonna be and in, in a really good routine with my workouts but progressive overload is essentially that you're doing the same workout routine for at least six to eight weeks and every exercise that you go to like let's say it's like leg day number one um, the next week that you go back and ride touched on this, like you're either increasing the weight or the reps and there's a, a couple other ways to do progressive overload, but there's the two main ways and that way you build strength. Mm-hmm. And if you're like switching up your workouts and you're doing like a different workout plan every week, or you're like doing a bunch of different classes, you're really not going to see progress. Yeah. Are you doing the same like Instagram workouts that you've been doing forever? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I was doing the same weight forever until you're not going to get stronger. And mm-hmm. like, it's really cool. Cause even if your body isn't, it takes just so you know, it takes a long time for your body to put on muscle. Like it is hard to put muscle on. It takes a long time, but it keeps you motivated because you start to see that you're getting stronger. You're like, Oh my God, like I was lifting, you know, 40 pounds. Now I'm lifting 60. And like, that's just super motivating to see what your body's capable of. And I think it's such a healthier place to go into the gym and be like, what am I capable of? How much stronger can I get than going into the gym, which is what I used to do to punish yourself for what you ate or drink the night before. Yeah. You know, you're like trying to work off the calories. Now when I go into the gym, I'm like, Ooh, let me see if I can progress this week. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I stick with it, I'm going to see really awesome changes. And I already have, but I just know that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But if I can continue to progress, that's going to keep me super motivated. Yeah. So that's and, what I would say. And Jess has a trainer, but I will say I got started with just with strength training, weightlifting. I got three sessions from 24-hour fitness years ago. And it did help me learn to be more comfortable going into the gym with a bunch of men that are often staring or it feels like they're staring because you're the only woman in there. Yeah. Um, it 
it did help me feel like, oh, I'm doing the right form here. I know what I'm doing. Whereas before I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I can't be in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that helped me and it was actually pretty cheap. And then from then, um, I worked with Thomas cause now he's basically my trainer, but, yeah, so. but you can find workouts on muscleandstrength.com or bodybuilding.com. The women on there, the people on there look like bodybuilders and that can be intimidating, but that is a specific look that is often acquired with steroids yeah. or with extreme dieting. So you're not going to look like that, but you can download their free like eight week workouts where they have, um, basically like what we do, um, different variations. That's what I did for years. And that's when I really started to see my body change. Um, and I started building strength and I started learning how to do pull-ups and heavy squats and stuff like that. And it all started with like downloading those workouts, watching the videos and going into the gym with my little workouts and just progressing. And my app does that too. So like the workouts, if there's a strength workout that we program for you, like you can do progressive overload with it. So like it saves your weight and your reps from the week before. So then you see what you did and you input the new week. And there's also form videos. So you can make sure that you're getting your form right. So, and there's like warm get, ups. I got to get on your app. I was going to say, cause you were saying like you keep the notes, but like I can do all that. For oh you. yeah. And then there's apps that charge you to like, there's a strong app that Thomas uses, but it, they charge you. He somehow got a free plan cause he's locked in from years ago, but they charge you. So I'm just doing it on my notes, but it's, it's get also so. like, I know you like the workout that you're doing, but I can literally take the workout that you're doing yeah, and, and add it put in. it in there. So yeah. you're doing the work, whatever workout you want to do, but then at least that way you can, everything's saved. When you have an ounce of time, we'll, we'll get me in there, oh, but yeah. you know, you no, have a I million will. clients. I'm so. going to build it out for mom and dad too. No rush. Anyway, we got to go to Greece guys. This is a Woo! hot priority. So thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking around. Um, we are feeling kind of high on life right now. We're kind of uh, feeling good. And I think this is going to be a really good year for the podcast. Do you Um, want more solo episodes? Let us know. know. DM us solo 2.0 podcast on Instagram, or uh, you can email us solo 2.0 podcast at gmail.com. You've got Jess at body bliss by Jess on Instagram. She's very active there. I'm Rye Birch, R-Y-E-B-U-R-C-H on Instagram. I'm less active there. But contact us wherever. Let us know your feedback. If you're loving anything you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe. We probably need to do some kind of giveaway to encourage more um, Ooh, we'll do that more soon. feedback. But please, if you're loving anything, let us know what you think. And remember, even if nothing feels good today, you tuning in, or feels right today, sorry, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight, so be patient and kind with yourself, and good things will come. See you next time. See you next time.